Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Let's talk about the announcement that came down last night. Joe Biden's going to visit Israel. He's going to go on Wednesday. He's visiting where? Israel. And then he's going to go on to Jordan. He's going to meet with both uh, Israeli and Arab leaders. And that was announced by the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken. He's already been there. He's been traveling all over the place on a seven-nation, multi-day tour of the Middle East. But now Joe Biden's going to go. He's looking to send a a message that the U.S. is behind Israel. And uh, he's also going to be asking Congress for about $2 billion in additional aid for both Israel and Ukraine. You know, it's better if you say it like Dr. Evil, $2 billion. Billion dollars. That's I think a it's, whole lot of money. I think it's interesting that the president is making it all the way over to Israel and Jordan, which I understand it will place him geographically close to the country and people of Palestine, which means that the president will have gotten closer to the country of Palestine mm-hmm. than he ever got to the derailment of East Palestine, Ohio. This is true. <laughs> interesting that you're saying the country of Palestine. That's another conversation. So it's yeah, a, some, some would debate that, uh-huh. obviously. It's a 12-hour flight. Actually, 12 hours and 55 minutes from D.C. Is he up to it? Well, he can nap the whole time. He could. Yeah. Uh, Surprised that they announced it. Because when Bush went to Afghanistan on Thanksgiving, do you remember that trip? We didn't know about it until Air Force One was back in the air on its way back. You think for security measures, sometimes they don't announce these trips. But with Biden, they're letting everybody know, oh, he's going. The man in charge is going to make an appearance. Well, Casey, that you're potentially a, a, a portending disaster. Are you are, are you a, a forewarn, or, or forewarning a, a potential vice president Kamala Harris becoming president? Something no. a tragedy befalling our president uh, Biden? No, not at all. Okay. But uh, this visit to Israel will equal the same amount of time that Biden's been to the border. Uh, so he made the uh, Blinken made the announcement from the U.S. embassy in Jerusalem, which, by the way, Trump recognized as the capital of Israel on December 7th, 2020 at 1.07 p.m. Let's take a listen to Blinken. Good morning. On Wednesday, President Biden will visit Israel. He's coming here at a critical moment for Israel, for the region, and for the world. And he's coming here to do the following. First, the president will reaffirm the United States' solidarity with Israel and our ironclad commitment to its security. President Biden will again make clear, as he's done unequivocally since Hamas's slaughter of more than 1,400 people, including at least 30 Americans, that Israel has the right and indeed the duty to defend its people from Hamas and other terrorists and to prevent future attacks. The President will hear from Israel what it needs to defend its people as we continue to work with Congress to meet those needs. Second. President Biden will underscore our crystal clear message to any actor, state or non-state, trying to take advantage of this crisis to attack Israel. Don't. Okay, so there's been a lot of pressure on Biden to encourage restraint. Even on Monday, there was a large group of protesters out in front of the White House. So if Israel engages with, with Hezbollah in the north and they go into Lebanon, then they get Syria involved. Syria gets involved, 
That's going to get Iran involved. Iran gets involved. Then you've got Russia involved. That's how that goes. Those are the dominoes in that order. This is the problem with weak leadership. Biden advising restraint when he needs to project strength. I'm glad that you mentioned Donald Trump recognizing and moving um, uh, the United States embassy to Jerusalem and recognizing it as the capital of the state of Israel, a move that had been warned by geopolitical experts for years as you know potentially starting World War III. But Donald Trump and Jared Kushner made enormous progress in the Middle East, getting several countries, including the U.A., to recognize the statehood Mm -hmm. of Israel, which was a big step in the right direction. And that was less than four years ago under the leadership of Donald Trump. So that really highlights the deterioration of our foreign policy in less than four years Mm -hmm. under lackluster leadership because he does not project strength like Donald Trump did. And although I disagree with many things that the former president says, I do agree with his assertion that were he president today, this attack would likely not have occurred. Yep, and we're going to get to that coming up at 10 o'clock because uh, Trump has been out stumping, and that is one of the things that he has said. That when he's his, right, he's right. His personality, personality has kept us out of wars, and a lot of things have happened under Joe Biden. Okay, so he was on 60 Minutes the other night, and a lot of people saying it was just abysmal. Yeah, it, it was, was bad. It was awful, and he's convinced that a second term with him as president will see him usher in a new era of peace in not only Europe, but also the Middle East. (laughs) Curious, because Europe and the Middle East were at peace before he took office, and I'm curious if this is, he's going to fix things there the same way that he's fixed, air quotes, inflation. Yeah, great point. Okay, so while he was on 60 Minutes, he was asked directly if he's sure he wants to run again. Are you sure that you want to run again? Yes, because I'm sure, look, when I ran, I said, the world's at an inflection point. The world's changing, but we have an opportunity to make it. So imagine if we were able to succeed in getting the Middle East put in place where we have normalization of relations. I think we can do that. Imagine what happens if we, in fact, unite all of Europe and Putin is finally put down where he cannot cause the kind of trouble he's been causing. We have enormous opportunities. Okay, he's living in his own reality these yeah. days because there was peace, at least stability. Stability. Bring in the back area. Jared Kushner. Right. Bring back stability. You can't fund wars and then be like, I'm going to make world peace. It doesn't work that way. When people go to war, they're going all in. Okay, so uh, he says that the Israeli occupation of Gaza would be a big mistake, but I don't think that they have any intention of occupying long term. It's probably a short term occupation. They did give it up in 2005. Well, there's arguments to be made on both sides, and I'm not sure which one I agree with, uh, whether or not Israel should maintain their current borders or whether they should you know, potentially open up a can of worms and overtake the territory. It's such a small slice of land. Um, I, I think in an ideal world, these individuals should have the right to govern themselves, but when there's been this ongoing conflict, hostility, and outright aggression against Israel, resulting in the fatality of countless thousands of uh, 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 civilians, let alone the 1,400 that were just murdered in the terrorist attack uh, uh, a week and a half ago, um, I, I'm not sure that they have the ability to do that. So it, the question remains, if Israel were to overtake Gaza, would that 
instigate a larger conflict in the Middle East? I don't know the answer to that question. And I'm not I, I doubt any any person does. Well, I think it's definitely something to consider, especially if they go take on Hezbollah mm-hmm. in the north. Of course, Biden had a warning for everybody in that region. There's limited fighting already on the northern Israeli border, and I wonder what is your message to Hezbollah and its backer, Iran? Don't. Don't, don't, don't. Don't come across the border. Don't escalate this war. That's right. Mm. I love how Scott, how Scott Pelley had to correct him. He's like, what What do you mean by that? Like, exactly. Don't, don't come across the border. Let's clarify. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is anyone scared of this ice cream eating, stair tripping, child sniffing walnut? It kind of reminds me of Kamala saying about our border. Don't come. Right. Oh, okay. Sure. Did, did you see in the interview that what, what I walked away with when you sent me the show prep last night and I was working through the clips is how tired mm-hmm. Biden looks, how weary he was in that interview, like he could barely stay awake. And you heard him there with Scott Pelley, who had to clarify his statements and kind of slow walk him to a cogent thought. Well, and that's, this how, is they frightening. In, that's how they introduced the entire interview. Scott Pelley, in the beginning, he was like, he's 81 years old and he seemed tired and he had he had a long day but he gave us a few minutes it's like they set up the entire interview with one big excuse before they even began right they're 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 letting you know to have low expectations and that is a frightening thing to telegraph